0: What's up, what's up? We wanna welcome all of our campuses. I'm talking about you good, fine folks over there in Garner, North Carolina, Sanford, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Hillsboro, Columbia. Of course, those of you here at Durham and our Kenya campus who is killing it in this brand new building over there. I've been seeing pictures of what God is doing over there in Kaganjo, and we are just so excited. Come on, church, on the count of three, one, two, three. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) So, so glad you guys are here at all of our campus locations. Hey, before I get into uh, the topic today, we're going to wrap up Love My City today. But before I do that, I got a really significant question for you. Have you ever felt like quitting? You ever felt like quitting on a job? (laughs) You ever felt like quitting on a relationship? You ever felt like quitting on a spouse? Why did it just go quiet? Why did it just go quiet? You know you have. Have you ever just felt like throwing in the towel? Yeah, come on. Have you ever felt like quitting on parenting? But you can't return those those little boogers, right? Have you noticed this? Have, have you ever just felt like quitting? And see, I know the answer to that question. For every single person here, the answer is yes. It is a universal human condition. And um, I, I believe because times are uh, quite challenging today, I believe our, uh, our, our desire to quit in many cases is at an all-time high. And I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but there's this small little book in the New Testament called 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to young Timothy and the church. And he's talking to young Timothy Timothy about perseverance, about determination, about tenacity, in a word, about grit. Biblical grit. Grit. And uh, next Sunday, as you already know, we're doing Baptism Sunday, Salvation Sunday. You need to get anybody you can here next Sunday. But then, right after that, the very following week, we are going into a brand new series titled Grit. Check it out.
1: It's not something you're born with, it's not about being the best, the fastest, the strongest, the smartest. It requires resolve, tenacity, perseverance, discipline. It asks the hard questions. Will you move when others won't? Will you do when others don't? Will you speak when others stay silent? Will you fight when others run? Will your belief reach higher than your circumstances? Let refinement take its form. Let determination burn inside of you. Endure, resist, attain, repeat. It's not given, it's earned. It's forged by your effort and strengthens your purpose. Don't give up. It's worth every inch of the journey.
0: Oh yeah. I'm pretty fired up about that one because I've been where all of you are from one time or another. We've all been there and that is just a desire to throw in the towel and we're gonna get into God's word. This is gonna be one of those series and I know a lot of you like this. This is gonna be one of those series where we get into a book And we literally just kind of plow through the book, almost in a verse-by-verse fashion. And so very, very excited about that. Hey, let's pray. Father, um, I pray for that series. And I actually pray for the person who is sitting at one of our campuses today, God. And the truth is, they wish that series started today. God, give us a Holy Spirit-infused tenacity and perseverance teach us through second timothy oh god how to develop and nurture and grow this godly grit that every single person god none of us are immune from this every single person needs to cultivate and develop if we are going to live a life that gives glory and honor to you and those we love Be with us now, oh God, as we wrap up Love My City. Thank you for what you've done in this series. Would you do it again now today? And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I got us into the grit series with a question. Let me get us into today with a question. Here's a question for you. What makes a person great? What do you think? what makes a person great? We, we, we can have different uh, thoughts on that. Some of you might be sitting there going, you know what makes a person great is one's ability to make a lot of money, right? That's what makes a person great. Others of you might say, you know what? It's actually how well they do their job. It's not about the earning income power. It's about whether they do a good job, whether they make it on time, they're dependable, and they're just really good at their job. Others of you might think, you know what? Great people are made as a result of connections and influence. Others of you, more of the academicians among us, you might think that greatness comes as a result of one's intellectual capacity or one's degrees on the wall. What do you think makes a person great? You see, Jesus had a definition for greatness. And Jesus actually said this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your, what church? Must be your servant. That's how Jesus defined greatness. So if you want to become great, you must become a servant. Come on now. If you want to become great, you must become about what our core teams just sung about. And that is a difference maker because only to the extent to which you serve God and you serve people is the extent to which you actually become great according to Jesus. And so today, I wanna just wrap this series up and I wanna talk to you about how love for our city or our cities manifests itself In our willingness to actually roll up our sleeves and serve people. 1 Peter 4.10 says it like this. Come on, church, out loud. You feeling? I'm not even into the message yet, but I just want to make an observation. I don't know about the campuses, but you're feeling a little lethargic today. (laughs) Feeling a little, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a little cooler weather, whatever the case may be. Come on, I preach better when you give me some energy up in here. just want to let you know. All right? And I realize some of you might still be thinking about throwing in the towel, but come on, we'll get there in a few weeks. All right. All right. Here we go. Out loud, really strong at the campuses too. Go. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. A faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. Oh, you sound great. Each of you, each of who? Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Circle this in your teaching notes or in your Bible. To serve others. To do what? Serve others. You're going to see that over and over and over again in the scriptures. God calls us. God calls me. God calls you to be a servant. In the kingdom's economy, the way to greatness is to serve others. It's to serve other people. In fact, the Bible says this. Jesus, your Lord and Savior, said this in Mark 10, 45. Come on, ready, church? For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, just notice this for a moment. Jesus says, for what? For what? Even. I I like what Jesus is saying there. It's as if Jesus is saying, listen, I am the son of God. I am divinity in your presence. I am holiness. And even I served. Therefore, if you want to follow me, you will learn to put self aside. And this is hard. This is hard in a narcissistic, self-obsessed culture that we live in. To put self aside and serve. God wants me to serve in his church with my brothers and sisters because, write it in and grab your teaching notes, because, because the church is the hope of the world. Do you believe that? The church is the hope of the world. And I know some of you, I know the skeptics among us, you're sitting there, you're going, well, if the church is the hope of the world, we're in bad shape. I, and, and I know, listen, I, I know that you can study church history and there've been times throughout the, the history of the church where we haven't been our best. Heck, we're not at our best today. We're not. I talk to people sometimes and they're like, you know, I don't want to go to church because, because you know, I, I'm not perfect. And I'm like, dude, n- neither am I. None of us are perfect but there is no other redemptive movement on the planet like the Church of Jesus Christ. There is no other redemptive agency on planet Earth, there never has been, there never will be, that comes remotely close to the Church of Jesus Christ when she is hitting on all cylinders led by faithful women and men who love God and how full of a bunch of servants. Come on now, there's nothing better. There, and if you just think about this series, now that we're at the last installment of Love My City, let me just step back for a moment and we talk about the whole series and I frame it up for you. The very first week, four weeks ago, the message was, love my city, God loves a full house. Remember that? Love my city, God loves a full house. So for the poker players among us, you like a full house, guess what? So does God. God loves a full house. Then the next week, you'll remember, was love my city, so I will pray. Pray. I hope you're still praying for one another. I hope you're praying for your neighbors, your colleagues, your friends, your family members. Then the third week was love my city so I will invite. Love my city so I will invite. And today, love my city so I will serve. So if you just think about the church this spiritual enclave, God's family positioned in the world to be in the world but not of the world, existing for the sake of those who are not even here yet. And you think about what we're trying to do. The desire of God's heart is his house to be full. Then we're going to pray for people, but then we're going to invite people. What today is all about is once we invite people, guess what? They will come. (laughs) And if they come, Today is all about us having an experience where together, brothers and sisters in Christ, we put on full display the glory of God in our children's ministry and our student ministry and our parking lot team and our ushers and our greeters and our worship and our teaching and all of that, that as people come, they encounter servants who love God and they create an experience where people come to know Christ and their lives are radically changed forever. It's the church. And some of you have heard me say it. And I, I sometimes feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a minority in this. But I hope I'm getting you to, to actually feel this way. The church. I'm head over heels in love with the church. I just love the church. And it's not just because I work here, right? I, I just love the church. I loved the church before I was on staff at church. I absolutely love the church. The church, if you just think about it, the church saves lost people. Can I get an amen? Amen. The church saves lost people. The church marries people faithfully in the eyes of God. We marry people. We also bury people. We bury people faithfully before God. The church restores people. Can I get an amen? The church restores marriages. The church helps people break addictions. The church enables people to find community where they are needed and they are known. The church, come on, when she's hitting on all cylinders, the church brings races together to love one another. Come on. The church is the only place where, where if we're we're doing it right, we can put politics aside, get, get you some of this, and Democrats and Republicans can love one another. Come on now. The church, the church raises children and students in the way of the Lord. Now, now, get you some of this. I thought about this this week. It's the first time I ever really actually thought about it in this way. Now check this out. The church does all of that. I could continue. I mean, I could continue and tell you all the things the church does. We visit prisons, right? We serve the homeless. I was up here yesterday for Second Saturday Serve, and people are here getting ready to bless children at Christmas who won't receive gifts. And there was another little group here making hats for, I think, children or women in the prison. I don't know what the hats are for, but they were making hats. I know they're going to prisons. And I was like, this is amazing. Now check this out. The, (laughs) The church does all of that and so much more For anyone, at any time, from anywhere, for as long as they want it, for free. Are you kidding me? You take the church out of the world and it's lights out, baby. The church is the hope of the world. And I don't know what companies you work for, but most of you have good jobs and you work for companies and you get paid. And if you think about it, you get paid for a company to produce a product or an experience for people. And I hope you get paid really, really well. In fact, I hope you become a billionaire. And then I hope you tithe, glory to God. (laughs) But the difference between a church and a company Is it a church? You get paid to actually be a part of delivering a product or an experience. The church is different. The goal of the church is simply to make Jesus Christ known. It's to make Jesus Christ known and experienced so that other people can experience the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we put it like this in our mission around New Hope Church. Why don't we read this out loud together because I want you to just really make sure this is always deep in the core of your being. Ready? Go. Go. We exist to reach people with the hope of Jesus. Teach them to follow God's word and release world changers. We exist to what? Reach people. With what? Self-help? Pop psychology? No, 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 no. We exist to reach people with the hope of Jesus. Teach them to follow God's word and release World changers. That is why we serve the church. And so while you might work for a company to make a living, listen, we serve the church to make a life. Hello. There's a huge difference between making a living and making a life. And to help others find that eternal life through Jesus Christ. The government is not going to spread the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? And I'm not sure we want them to. Our schools, even though, in our church, New Hope is full of amazing Christian administrators. Our, our, our schools are, but, but the schools and our Christian administrators, they actually have their hands tied today. They, they can't actually present the gospel forthrightly. And we could talk about most every other entity, entity and organization out there. The church is the one and only entity and organization that lifts high the gospel of Jesus Christ and changes people from the inside out. In the church, our soul business is soul business. That's what we are about. Come on now. We have to stay laser-focused on what it means to be in the soul business. Romans 12, and by the way, you are with me now, your energy, I love it, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. Romans 12, out loud, ready, go. In Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to the others. We belong to each other. I would have you look at your neighbor and say, you belong to me, but that might be pushing it a little too far. I'm just saying. We serve in the church because the church is the hope of the world. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, write it in. God created me. God created me to serve in his church. I keep looking for it to be here, but I know it's behind me now. God created me to serve in his church church. I mentioned 2 Timothy. I hope you go and read that over the next couple weeks. Read it, study it before our series on grit. Here's a verse out of 2 Timothy 1, 9 in the Living Bible Translation. Ready? Go. It is God who saved us and chose us for his holy work. Do you know that? That tells you that anything we do in the church is holy work. Did you know that? Some of you think that, you know, the holy work happens on the stage. No, 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 no. Holy work happens on the stage, but guess what? It happens everywhere in the church. It happens in the children's ministry where they are caring for your children and teaching them the ways of the Lord. Where the Bible says, Proverbs 22:6, 6, raise a child in the way he or she should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's, that's holy work. Everything they do in Hopetown is holy work. Even changing the diapers of your children. Oh, Lord. Holy work right there. Come on now. The Pathfinders in our parking lots. Student ministry. Everything, everywhere that we do, as long as we're doing it to the glory and honor of God. And God is using it in the church. It is holy work. When we become like Christ, we become committed servants in a local church. We become committed servants in a local church. And we care for people, and we do things that we typically would not do. Why? Because we've stopped living for self, and we've started living for other people. Um, my wife and I, we, we have we have some children. We have five children. I was thinking about that, that. Oh, oh, I haven't told you. We have five children and we're expecting another. <laughs> y'all, y'all crazy. <laughs> y'all crazy. Some of the, the pro-creative pro people are like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> My wife would kill me. <laughs> She'd take me out back, dude. Um, no, we are expecting another. Um, can I show you her picture? It's a her. It's a her. Can I show you her picture? She's so she, she's cute. Look, look at. I'm going to pick her up in two weeks. I want to show you something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Let me let me show you. Here's one. Here's here's, here's she and I together. Her name is her name is uh, Abby Jo. I got three women in my life. Three women. Anna Grace, Amy Lynn, I should have started with my wife, I'm sorry, Amy Lynn, <laughs> I, what am I doing, dude? Amy Lynn is first, <laughs> Anna Grace, and now I got Abby Joe. I'm going to call her Abby, her full name's going to be Miss Abby Joe. and it uh, comes from Abigail in the Bible, Abigail means the delight of the father, where King David married his third wife, I thought, I thought all this through, I thought all this through. And and that's, that's Abby Jo. And like Amy Lynn, Amy Lynn is not really an animal person. So I, I didn't think this was going to happen. And so I decided, you know what? She needs to just hold this puppy. And so I took her on a road trip. Let me show you, let me show you my sweet wife. And from that morning, from that moment, it's over. She's like, okay, we, we can get her. We're, we're, we're getting a puppy. Uh, we're getting a black lab. Her name is Abby, seriously, and uh, I am so excited. But I, I have some kids, but the same can work with a, with a, with a, with a dog, or, or not a cat. Cats are not of God. Um, <laughs> sorry. For those of you who take me way too seriously, I, I'm just kidding about the cat. Some of you got some cats, and God bless you. That's awesome, have your cats. Um, no, seriously. Um, but like, back to my story. Like, I've got kids, like you've got kids. And I don't know, I don't know if you're like this, but like, um, there are some things I don't like in life. And like, one of them, one of them is puke. Is anybody else with me? Like, I wish you could see your faces right now. It's so funny. Some of you won't be able to get back on track with me, but we can talk about these kinds of things in church. Like, but I'm like you, like, I don't like puke. But you know what's fascinating to me? When my kids are sick, and they're throwing up, and they're, they're older now, so it doesn't happen much anymore. I, I, I'd be in there holding their hair so they could, so they could vomit. Come back, sister. It's okay. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would be the one. And you would, too. You would, too. You would, too, as a parent. I, go, in, go into their bedroom and nothing worse than when they, when, they, when they hurl in their sleep. You know what I'm saying? And then you gotta go in there and you gotta clean them up and then you gotta get all the sheets and you gotta clean. My point is, don't worry, I'm moving on, church. I'm moving on. If You can only see your faces. But my point is, even though I can't stand vomit, like I have, ugh, when my children are involved, it's a different story. I might not enjoy it, But I'm going to love and serve my children. And you do too as a parent. Agreed? We've all been there. We've all done that if you are a parent. Some of you are like, this is good birth control for me right now. Forget about it. I know. I know. But when we're in the church, the point is we serve people and we do whatever it takes To serve God's children so that God can break through and have a relationship with them. Again, when we become like Christ, we become committed servants. Ephesians 2.10, you really ought to put this verse to memory. Ready? Go. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were created in Christ Jesus because God has good works for us to do. And that takes us right to number three. Jot it down. God gifted me to serve in the church. God gifted me to serve in the church. I'm going to make this one super fast. God gave you abilities, and he gave me certain abilities so that we could serve in his church. You are a 10 in something on a scale of one to 10. You know what I mean? You are a 10 in something. You have a purpose. I'm talking about a capital P purpose. Wherever you are, at whatever campus you're serving, you have a purpose to serve Christ in that local context. 1 Peter four ten. Come on, church, read it out loud with me. Ready, go. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to. See, I just pause right there. Sometimes I'm up here teaching, and I got several things going on in my mind. I just hope in this moment now, as we finish out this message, you realize it's not a man up here just trying to get you to serve his church. Though it's not my church, this is God's word. Spoken for you. Each of who? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to build self up, to make a great church name, to make a pastor's name great, to serve others. Let's continue. Go to the next one. Out loud, ready, go. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 1 Corinthians 12. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. He's uniquely made you, he's uniquely created you and fashioned you in your mother's womb to serve in his church for his glory and his honor. Come on, one more. Matthew, whoever wants to become Great among you should think about, should take a vote, should consider. No. This is this is Matthew, this is the gospel. This is Jesus. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Greatness in God's economy come on, is not ascending elevation higher and higher. No, no, Greatness in God's economy of hum, is humble servanthood. That's the difference between the church and the world. We become great in God's economy, not by elevating self or not even by allowing other people to elevate us, but realizing that at the end of the day, every single person, <laughs> me included, in front of the rest of us, I should be a chief servant among us. That's how we become great in God's economy. If we are immature in our faith, it's all about us. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, you oh, know, I don't like this, it's all about me. You got you got some growing up to do. We're so glad you're here. But if you're in Christ, it's all about Him and serving other people in His name. Number four, lastly, number four, lastly. Why do I keep looking at the stinking TV? It's not here, Benji. It's not here. It's back there. (laughs) Trying to keep up with all these production people. It's awesome. Love these guys. This is where it gets really practical. I don't think there's a church on the planet that doesn't need volunteers, us included. See, if you're new around here, here's what I know the tendency is. The tendency is you pull up to a church like New Hope where we pay a lot of attention to the details and we try to exude excellence to the glory of God and all those kinds of things. You pull up to a church like ours and if you're not careful, you'll start to believe a lie. And the lie is they don't need any help. And so today I decided to just be very transparent and forthright with you. My New Hope family needs me Now. Everybody say now. Now. Everybody say it with the same force that your child tends to yell that they want something now. One, two, three. Now. And I'm not too proud to tell you that. I am unashamedly letting you know that your New Hope family needs you in the game now not tomorrow, not next year. We have volunteers all over this movement who serve on a regular basis and they need you in the game with us. We're not some territorial group of servants who are like, no, we got this. We don't need you. You just, you just come and spectate. No, 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 no. We need you now. And it gives me a chance, by the way, to say this. Thank you to all of you who serve. Thank you. At every single campus, thank you. For those of you who take care of our children, our students, our parking lot, our our lobbies, our rotundas, our worship stages, administration during the week, marketing during the week, facilities, landscaping. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. Just hundreds, thousands actually, of people who serve now. But we need you. Some of you are like, he ain't talking to me. Oh, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you. I, remember at the beginning of this series, I told you, so I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not going back on my word. I warned you. I told you the very first installment of this series, I said, I'm going to challenge you. Remember that? I said, I'm going to push you. And, and, and that's kind of my job, right? To, 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 to challenge you to be the very best version of you that you can be. Tom Landry, who was an old school coach for the Dallas Cowboys back in the day. Tom Landry has a great quote that I've always, always loved. Look at what he says. Tom Landry says this, my job is to get men to do the things they don't wanna do so they can be what they've always wanted to be. It's a great quote. I kinda feel like that right now. My job is to get men and women to do things that, that maybe you don't think you want to do. But it's to help you become the person that you actually do want to become. My church family needs me now. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Last passage of scripture, okay? Last one, so give it to me strong. Ready? Go. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The job of the pastor and the teacher and the pastors and the teachers of this church, or any church for that matter, faithful Christianity, is not to do all the work of the church. That's why some churches are so small, by the way. They're so small because the pastor is trying to do it all. And he thinks that he is the only one that can speak for God. (laughs) He's the only one that can do this. And so he, he or she becomes the bottleneck. But the word says it's our job is to equip our people, no, God's people. You don't belong to me, you are God's. God's people to do works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? Built up matured all that God desires it to be. And so today I just want to kind of wrap up and tell you how to practically get connected here. I want to talk to you about the opportunities that await us. But if you'll just notice that it's God's desire to build the church up. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not. But if this is your church at any of our locations, if this is your church and you're not serving, you're not on the team, you haven't come out of the grandstands yet and gotten on the playing field for Christ and his advancing kingdom, if you haven't done that, then the church is not reaching her full potential. You follow me? Because he's called all of us to serve. And when we all get involved in serving, then we're able to truly be built up into God's household, God's family. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of opportunities depending upon who you are and how God has gifted you. So at all of our campuses, you're going to actually walk out today And there's going to be a ministry fair going on. Actually a world changer fair. We used to call folks who serve around here volunteers. We decided that was so vanilla, so boring. Didn't really capture what you folks do. So we changed it from volunteers to world changers. Because the people who serve this church, whether you feel like it or not, whether you realize it or not, you are changing the world for Christ. And so today when you walk out, There's been a lot of preparatory work going in to just creating these these little ministry fair areas where you can actually get involved. Now, here are the big buckets, if you will, the big categories, opportunities all over New Hope. Number one, children ministry, children's ministry. If you love children, that's a great place to be. If you don't love children... I love you. Don't go serve in Hope Town. We don't, we don't want anybody back there who doesn't love children. And if you serve in our children's ministry, we will give you a background check. Let the church say amen. amen. We wanna have, come on, come on. We, I, I thought parents would celebrate that a little bit more. We, we want But. but listen, if you love children, think about it. Here's another one. Students, background check. Students, but man, The challenges of being a teenager in this day and age, right? So many of you could really minister to them. Young adults, adult worship, that's up here, right? And it's not just the stage. Some of you are like, I can't sing. That's okay. There's lots of other things to do besides sing. There's instrumentalists. There's people backstage. There's people in the tech booths at all of our campuses. There's there's people working computers, cameras. I mean, it's all over the place. In each of these, there's just... Dozens, in some cases, dozens and dozens and dozens of opportunities. First contact. That's the folks who work in the parking lot and who greet people at the door. Now, just like you got to love children to serve here, you need to love people to serve here. If you don't like people, it's okay. I mean, hey, I know we should all love people more. Can I get an amen? But some of you, you just don't like people, man. You're like, you know, God, I wish you'd have made this whole thing just for me and we'd have been good. Um, (laughs) But if you don't love people like you don't you don't want to be at the door. We don't want somebody standing at any doors of any of our campuses who look like they just ate a sour onion sandwich for breakfast. You got to you got to you got to want to smile. You got to love people here. Right. Hope missions, taking the mission abroad, second Saturday serve, I mentioned that earlier. Every second Saturday of every single month, you can meet at a campus and go serve people in our community. Administration, marketing could be up here as well. Administration, marketing, facilities, grounds. And there are more, it just depends on the campus. So, what do you say? You've heard messages like this before, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor the point. But why not let today be the day that you stop just coming and consuming, and you actually start coming and you contribute to the cause of Christ. Last couple comments, and I'm done. I've been doing this a while now, so you kind of start to pick up on patterns. My staff begged me to say what I'm about to say. If you sign up, for God's sake, follow through. Here's what, here's what happens, and again, I've been doing this a while now. You get all into the moment. You get stirred up. Yeah, all right. And you go sign up, and we call you, and we email you, and now they're even texting. We're texting you, and guess what we hear? Crickets. Just come, on, come, on, come. On. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Just don't even, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Just head on out, jump in your car, go get your latte, go to, go to lunch. Beat the Baptist, Methodist, all that. Get on there and get your, get your good lunch. Or please consider using your one and only life for kingdom advancement stuff. But for God's sake, if you sign up, respond when we reach out to you. And if you sign up, oh, and you don't hear anything back from us, that's on us. You let me know about that. That's on us. And, and sometimes that unfortunately happens, but we have tightened up our systems and our processes, and the staff are committed to following up with you. But you gotta respond. In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for um, thank you for redeeming our lives, God. Thank you for saving us, but thank you for reminding us today, oh God, that you you save us to save others. So therefore, you actually save us to serve. The Word has spoken so clear today, God. This is this is not a man made message. God, I pray. There are never any man-made messages delivered from this post. Father, I pray that you'd stir the hearts and the minds and the lives of your people today. And I pray, God, that, that they would get up at the end of this last song and they would actually move towards getting involved in your church. That they would cease to be Shallow consumers, oh God. That they would endeavor with us side by side, shoulder and shoulder. To be contributors to advancing your kingdom on planet earth, oh God. On earth as it is in heaven. Use us today, oh God. Stir the hearts of hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people to actually get involved and give us a glimpse, give us a vision of what this church could become when we get more and more people in the game. To you be all glory and honor now and forever in the church, we pray. And all of God's people set together, amen.